Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashad. Welcome to Amplified. We are live, and it is a DC day, kind of cold, and we have an amazing guest, Amanda Holmes, and she has an equally amazing father. So, Amanda, welcome to the show, Amplified. Thank you so much, Ken. I feel so blessed to be here with you. I know we're going to have a blast. (laughs) Yes, we have one hour to download to the world a better 2017 finish and a 2018 beginning. So, I wanted to start off by just saying that it was such a, an amazing experience I had when I was at Traffic and Conversion, and I walked in this very big foyer area, and the light lit up, and it wasn't from your bald head. It was actually from the energy that you were exuding in your smile, and you know, it was a choice I made in that moment. I said, do I go over and be brave and say to this woman, I'm not stalking her. I'm just really unbelievably uh, channeled into her space, and so I came over to you and said, can I just tell you you have the greatest smile. And I took that famous picture. I don't know how famous it is to the world, but it's famous to me. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and next thing we know, we're at Speaking Empire and all these other events. I learned that you were the person that was this amazing, amazing energy source. And so we're going to talk about how you actually created that at Traffic Conversion and all the other things you're creating in life. So mm-hmm. why don't we start off by saying or asking, when in your life, when you were a child, did something happened that caused you to be who you are today. Whoa. Yeah. By the way, Amanda, just to be fair with you and the audience, we spent about two hours going over a complete script. And just before the show, I said, we're throwing the whole script out. So everything you're going to hear in the show, (laughs) Amanda, you've never heard before. You're not prepared for. I'm sorry about the two hours you invested in a prep show. Okay. I got one. I got one. So I... Um, was biking down a path we used to love. I grew up in Northern California, and there were these beautiful rolling mountains. And uh, we got to this really big mountain that I was supposed to be biking down, and I was with my father, and I said, okay. He's like, do you know where the brakes are? And it was one of those where you had to pedal backwards to brake. And I'm like, yes, you pedal this way. And I pedaled forwards. He's like, no, that's wrong. You pedal backwards. And I'm like, no, 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 it's this way. And he's like, okay, go ahead. (laughs) So I'm going down this mountain, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs trying to stop myself, but I just keep pedaling faster because I think that's what the brakes are. And I fell off and, like, scabbed every piece of my body and broke the, the, the bike in half. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was rideable, but it, it barely rode because the, the wheels were mangled. And uh, my father said to me at that moment, if you don't get back on that bike, you'll never ride it again. And he made me ride it like only for like two blocks because it couldn't actually be ridden because I smashed it so hard. (laughs) But I think that that was a really definitive moment for me because really my life has just been about, you know, how many times can I get back up? And isn't that true for most people that are at the top of their game? Yeah. Yeah. So I hear, although so many times I'm like, man, nobody else goes through stuff like this. 
You know, I got to get back up or I got to figure my own way. And, and then I end up doing that. So, Well, that, that story That's actually what, resonates at a high level because my son did crash on a bike only probably four months ago. And that was my first instinct is if I don't get him back on this bike, he's going to be afraid of it. Yes. Huge. And actually, that's the culminating factor of success or failure is that fear actually takes over instead of us overcoming it. Mm, I believe in that. So tell me about your dad. I mean, your dad obviously taught you that lesson, but what did he have to overcome to learn that lesson? Do you know? Oh, man. Well, he really grew up with nothing. He um, He left school at an early age, didn't get, you know, any kind of degrees or anything and just started realizing that he was great at sales. And this kid from the Bronx, born in the Bronx, um, ended up growing this empire. And it was really purely by one thing. We call it pig-headed discipline and determination. And he got his big break working for Charlie Munger. Are you? Uh, it's Warren Buffett's business partner. So okay. he dealt... Huh? You've heard of Warren Buffett? Well, I've heard of him I, slightly. I mean, isn't he... He's in. He's kind of a homeless guy. Is that, is that the guy I'm thinking? <laughs> exactly. So my dad assisted him so that he wouldn't be homeless anymore by doubling his sales in nine different divisions <laughs> and multiple divisions of multiple years consecutively. So that's really where his big break came from. Well, it's interesting that he wrote one of the greatest sales books of all time. And actually, if it wasn't for that book, I don't know how much I would know you or that you'd be on the show. But The Ultimate Sales Machine, I put a link on the, uh, the Amplified page for people to check it out. But he had no degree, no college education. This was a school of hard knocks. How did he actually become this amazing person as a guru in sales? Uh, really just, I mean, working with 60 of the Fortune 500. When he went for Charlie Munger, then he started his own business, and he started realizing that there is a formula for Sales. There is a method for getting sales. It's just a matter of doing, it's not about doing 4,000 things, which every business owner thinks. I have to do all of these, you know, there's social, there's this, there's that, that I have to pay attention to. It's actually about doing 12 things 4,000 times. And those 12 things are our 12 core competencies for doubling sales. So it made it simple, something that people could easily understand because there's so many beautiful people in the world that I'm sure you interview on this, on this call and that listen to this call that, um, that have a craft, that have something that they do that's magical, but they don't understand how to monetize it. Or maybe they've grown their business to a million dollars and what took them to a million can't get them to five million. I just had a Fortune 500 client that was a couple hundred million and they were trying to double that. So they called us to assist them. So it, what got you to where you're at won't get you to where you want to be. And we're here to assist with that. Well, it's interesting because of all the people I've interviewed recently, you're probably a name that most people don't know, yet your father was connected to the Dream Team. And just in the first couple pages of his book, he has uh, Jay Conrad Levinson, the, the godfather of guerrilla marketing, mm-hmm. and Michael E. Gerber. And that was a book I read at 18, The E-Myth, that absolutely mm-hmm. changed my life. So he's got two powerhouse people endorsing his book and in the most powerful way. They're, they're writing a forward and they're writing a, a, basically another forward, a note to the reader and a forward. So tell, tell me about what it was like living as a child and you get to meet these amazing people. And, and did they have that, that impact on us as a child? 
Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, Jay's like 82nd birthday and he had karaoke and I just had a blast. Him and I just karaoke <laughs> all night long and <laughs> or like sailing through the Mediterranean on a beautiful yacht. It was P. Diddy's yacht and there were only 50 people, but they were all New York Times bestselling authors, including, I mean, that's how um, I met um, just a, a number of different people. They were just always around. I, 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 Amanda, you know, Amanda, you just yeah. said P. Diddy's yacht. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And why was I not on that yacht? I mean, I am. I know it was jealous. amazing. I'm trying to remember. I I could name drop like crazy right now, and it's just totally going to a blank. I guess that's not the point. The point is that when you're surrounded by amazing people, you grow up with the belief that you can do whatever you want. And those amazing, mm-hmm. successful people did it because they were passionate about what they were doing. So I grew up in this environment of you are successful when you do things that you're passionate about. So for me, it was, I was a singer-songwriter for a number of years, and I released four records, and I went to college at Thornton School of Music in L.A. and at USC, and, and I just pursued whatever dream was in front of me because that was my reality growing up, is that you could do whatever you want. You just, if you're passionate about it, you'll be successful. And that's, when I first took on my father's company, I thought, oh, I can't do this, you know, I'm... I'm not so passionate about marketing and sales, but when I, when I started to meet our clients, I mean, we've worked with over 200,000 businesses worldwide. My father built that, that following. I mean, the book was a huge part of that and being on you know, radio for 15 years, uh, satellite radio. If anybody had satellite radio, they knew uh, my father's spots. So, but, but that all grew because of his love for business owners and wanting to see them grow. And when I started interacting with them, I fell in love too. And that's how we got to get to the success that we've had since he's passed. Well, I mean, that leads to a lot of things. So first of all, name dropping on the show in like extensive <laughs> ways is not, is not actually uh, what I'm looking for. What I am looking for oh, is good. Naming, naming a couple people on that particular cruise that did impact you and that inspired you to be who you are. So if you have a couple of names you would want to say that you met on that particular, because you know what? I actually say a lot on this show that when we get out of our comfort zone, we go to events, we actually meet people that are like minded, like hearted. So that was an event. So what happened at that event that uh, who you met and, and how they actually inspired you? Uh, well, one, one of my favorites was John Asaroff. I'd never known him before, and I, and I hadn't seen The Secret, but he got up and he talked about uh, his ability to attract his perfect home. You know, he cut out a picture of his home from a, new, from a magazine. I'm sure everybody's heard this story, but he cut out this picture from a magazine of this dream home that he had wanted, put it on his vision board, and years later, he bought that same house and didn't mean to. It was by accident, and that well, always stuck on. with me. That was not an yeah, what? Was it? Well, uh, well, he didn't. He didn't like keep track of that house always and go, "Oh, it's up for sale." You know, he when he went in to buy it, he went back and he found his vision board and went, "Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that." You know, it wasn't like a conscious well, purpose. 
Well, you started this story by saying, I'm sure everyone's heard this. Is this the time I'm supposed to say that's the one I haven't heard? And then everyone else has heard it. My audience has heard it. I haven't. (laughs) What's wrong with you, Ken? Come on. (laughs) There's a lot wrong with me. There is so much wrong with me. We don't have time in the show to go over all that. But I do want to talk about your book. Well, I should say your dad's book and how that book has actually been a part of your book that you're going to be coming out with next. So we'll, we'll leave that next. But the ultimate sales machine that your dad wrote, and it does say turbocharge your business with relentless focus on 12 key strategies. So we're going to go over those 12 briefly later, but how did your dad's book impact your life? Well, when I took over the business, it, it, that book made every single person that read it feel like they were best friends with my dad. So inherently being the daughter of their best friend, I got welcomed with, with, you know, loving arms to all of the people. I mean, in an industry where sales training is pretty much male dominated and all of my clientele were male because 80% of CEOs today are male. Um, the, the amount of people that were friends or that read the book loved me inherently. So that, that definitely really assisted me to prove and earn my stripes in the business and, and with our clients. Now, there's so a rumor sense, out there. Well, there's yeah. a rumor out there that when you took over your dad's business, that you restructured it pretty dramatically. Will you yeah. set that rumor to rest? Will you set it to rest finally? <laughs> oh man! I mean, well, first I thought that I, you know, everyone around me knew what was what was right because they'd been running the company for you know eight, seven. We've been around for twenty five years. So I didn't want to mess anything up or, you know, do something wrong. God forbid everyone was double, if not triple my age. And I had a couple hundred staff. Um, but the more that I listened in on conversations and meetings and started to develop my own opinion about what I wanted to see for our clients. Um, and then with some assistance of, you know, I, I think we might talk about my mentor, Guruji, uh, you know, really pushing me to be the best version of myself. I, I, finally stepped in and said, this needs to be different. So I let go of our entire call center. I let go of our entire sales team. And I stepped in and started doing webinars, selling one to many. And I managed to double our, our whole coaching, uh, our whole coaching division two years in a row, purely by me selling one on a webinar. It, it, I mean, I don't normally about this because at first I thought that it was something like wrong that you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to fire your sales team but hey if you're getting results then I guess it's it's a cool thing (laughs) (laughs) well I'm sure your sales team is very happy with you yeah yeah right no not so much (laughs) but uh, but then I also kind of re reframed what I considered to be a sales team um, because I have coaches and consultants that assist all around the nation, and they ended up taking up more conversations consultatively to win deals. So um, I guess my backup team ended up being the coaches and consultants to close the business as well. So it ended up working out from that aspect too. Okay, so what happened when you did all this? Um, 
I mean, like I said, we doubled business two years in a row. So we got results. We got a bunch of new clients and, you know, more people were happy. And that's well, you two look- years in a row. So last year was your third year, if I recall. Yeah. And also, if I recall in our prep talk that you forgot to work that year and yet you still <laughs> Yeah, last, I mean, this last year, I'm like, okay, great. I've, I've managed to keep my father's legacy alive. You know, you guys can manage it. I have a team that was running the business and I went and spent my time full time in the nonprofit, uh, Divine Bliss International, which is the associated nonprofit to my, uh, my mentor, Guruji. And I would go, I basically would go to these, you know, marketing and sales conferences and I would set up a booth. And I'd ask if people want their aura cleansed and if, if they'd like to sleep better and, and, you know, wake up feeling refreshed and alive and, and relieve some of their stress. So it was like everyone else was talking about, I can convert this. I can close this more deals for you. I can, you know, and that's what I do in CHI. But I kind of took that hat off for a while and kind of said, you know, people are in a lot of pain today and I can be that vehicle to bridge that gap of, that spiritual balanced living in the workplace. So I, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun this last year. Well, when you say CHI, you're talking about Chet Holmes International, I believe. And I stands for identification or something else. So for those of you that are asking that question, that that's that translation. So you've mentioned a name word, Guruji. What does that word name mean? And how did you come upon me and her? Who is the person that introduced you to this? Oh, okay. Yeah, Guruji, uh, Gu means the dispeller of darkness, and Ru means the uplifter of light, and Ji is a form of respect. Uh, so Guruji is actually um, my mentor. She's from India. Her full name uh, is Guruji Sri Sri Punamji. So I met her when my father was ill, and she cured me of an incurable disease. I had celiac disease, and for 15 years, the smell of wheat would make me nauseous, and I'd be sick for, for hours. If I actually ate it, it was like someone was stabbing me repeatedly in the stomach with a knife. And, you know, today's, in today's world, they just say, eat gluten-free, and everything will be fine. But she said, no, I can rebuild your stomach lining. And I, I traveled to Asia to study with her and, and understand this concept that every disease of the body is, is caused from a dis-ease of our mind. So if we can release those dis-eases, then we can come into balance. And I mean, it's been a wild ride. I, I, I've, this last year specifically, I've dedicated every waking moment, minus two hours that I spend to CHI a week, but <laughs> to, to growing Chet, this. Chet Holmes International. I always do the translation. <laughs> Sorry, I'll say Ted Holmes International. No, no, I don't want you to. I have to have a job here. <laughs> yeah. So Guruji is the most magnificent human being. I mean, I, I've learned so much from her about just how to be the best version of myself. That's really what it comes down okay, to. Okay, so this leads to lots of stuff. So first of all, I don't think you answered how you learned about her, uh, who, who introduced you. Oh, um, Ted Miller. Ted Miller found out about her through Dave Van Hoos. And um, at the time, we had sent out an email to the database saying we're looking for an alternative to cancer. 
and we had two people on staff full time looking for all looking through all the different submissions of alternatives, and um, we saw probably a hundred and fifty different. That? Why were you asking that question? Oh, because my father had cancer. I'm sorry. And what kind of cancer? He had leukemia. Okay. So, so your dad, disease plus his book actually gave you your life. What's that? His disease plus the book gave your life. I'm not saying that he wasn't an amazing mentor or amazing father. I'm just saying that that disease gave you Guruji and his book gave you, obviously, the legacy piece. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a new way of looking at it. It's a very positive way to look at it. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And, and because you're such a positive force, uh, that's why I framed it that way. Thank you. So that was how you actually met Guruji. Mm-hmm. And you lived where when you found out about her and then you moved to where? Yeah, I, live, I lived with her in Singapore in her healing center there for a while. And then, no, but where did you um, live before that? I, I want to talk about like where your life was before you met her and how California. you actually made that shift. Yeah, I had just uh, graduated from music school, just released my fourth record, and I was looking at... Um, I, we were producing a play in Hollywood because uh, my father was also dabbled in screenwriting and he had sold a Warner um, a screenplay to Warner Brothers and he had recently bought it back. So we were producing that play and I was living out my life as, you know, a musician, a singer-songwriter. And um, yeah, that's how my world turned completely different into Asia, into CHI. <clears throat> Okay, so where did you live when you uh, learned about her? Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay, that's where the movie thing was. Okay, and then you mm-hmm. moved to Asia, and tell me, mm-hmm. tell, tell us about that part. So I just wanted to understand this concept of knowing myself better and and understanding energy and you know vibrational frequency and this idea that you can lift yourself up to a place where you can find peace within yourself at all times. And uh, it just really fascinated me because I was always just a seeker. I, I just had this burning desire to to be in contentment. You know, I you know, drugs and alcohol never really interested me. I I didn't really party much, and I just thought that the way to success was by working really hard. So that's why I did so many records. That's why I always you know had 50 other things going on because I was just looking for success outside of myself. And what Guruji showed me through these experiences, through experiential learning, was that you find it within you. That's fascinating. So uh, for someone to actually experience what you experienced, talk about how you actually, what happened when you first met her. Uh, One of the first times I met her, actually, we were sitting at... um, in a pizza, in like a place where they had served pizza and everyone had ordered pizza. And I looked at the pizza and I said, Gurji, I can't, I can't eat this pizza. Um, I'm allergic. And, uh, her assistant at the time said, don't worry, you're, you're around Guruji. You know, you, you can eat it. And I said, no, I don't think you understand the last 15 years. I, I'm, I'm severely allergic. And after a couple more conversations, he said, no, it's okay. Eat it. You know? And I trusted in that. 
And I was able to eat the first piece of pizza that I'd had in 15 years. It was <laughs> magical. That's one of the first times. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think you knew that story or if that was where no, you were going with that. But that was. No, that's, that's where. Well, it wasn't where I was going knowingly. It was where I was going to find out more. So that's, that's one experience I wanted you to share. And then when you were at Traffic Conversion, we're going to go to Ryan pretty soon. But what was your reaction when I came up to you out of the blue and said, your smile radiates, and can you allow me to take a picture of you with this key smiling card? What happened then? Oh, well, if you get the 10 of Umbrella's syndicate to, you know, come up and ask you for your picture, you better darn well take a picture with him because <laughs> he might make it into one of his books, which is just such an honor. Um, but besides your glowing face, I, I mean, I was touched. It, it um, it's a weird thing. I, you know, for four years, I didn't want to shave my head. I, but I knew that that's where I wanted to get to a place where I could let go of my image and just be, uh, you know, peaceful and contented with myself without the need to present myself. Um, and so when I finally did shave my head, um, I, you know, I find more often that I get way more compliments about it. So you were the first to ask to take a picture, which was a different thing, and that you had a card for it was kind of like, who is this guy and what is he doing? I like this. Well, I, I mean, I you even were with people. You were with people that yeah. were important in your life, and I was invading that, that space. And I have to tell you that if you were by yourself, it would have been a lot easier to come over to you and just say, hey, you have an amazing energy. I'd like to take a picture of you. But I was actually stopping I think a conversation you were having just to say, yeah, I was sitting, I, I was talking, I was talking for the first time with Jay Abraham's daughter who runs Jay Abraham's <laughs> world. And you took me away from her. I'm like, okay, this was kind of serious, but I'm really touched. Actually, that was yeah. funny. I forgot about that. Well, it was, it was about time and space. If I didn't do it then, I didn't know when it was going to happen. And I, and I did wait 30 seconds and it didn't seem to be a better time. So I said, I'm doing it. <laughs> and, and, and at least all the, kinds of things because first of all we have the Ryan conversation and with roughly three minutes to our first segment break and the speaking empire which is where we really reconnected there's there's yeah. a lot that happened that moment and it was actually a very it wasn't difficult but it was a challenge for me to say I'm interrupting a space where I see she's involved and I have to tell her what magic she's exuding from the energy she's uh, putting out it was it was crazy so why don't we talk just briefly for a couple minutes about uh, traffic conversion, why you were there, and how you met Ryan? Yeah, so when I came into the world of digital marketing, I knew nothing of who's who or what's what, but I came across digital marketer and Ryan Dice, and I just loved his material, and I found it to be so on point. And uh, when he released the, the Invisible Selling Machine, his book, it just looked identical to my father's book. I'm like, what is this? Like, oh my gosh, it looks, I, <laughs> it looks very similar. So then I tweeted him, and I had taken one of his quotes, and I put it on a sinking Titanic ship. And his quote was something like, you know, if you pick a product in a market that's dying, it's just like rearranging the sh seats on a Titanic. And I put it on a Titanic sinking. <laughs> and wow. uh yeah, and he thought it was clever, and so he messaged back, and he's like, oh, I like that, you know, and it started a conversation, 
And, um, you know, months later, he ended up becoming a client. And that's why I was at Traffic and Conversion was um, bringing him in as a client. But later on, he told me that his book was actually an homage to my father's book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. So the Invisible Selling Machine, if you look at the book covers, you'll see that they're very identical. It's, it's the same. Um, it is. He later, yeah. But so he did leave was, the word was, homage. He left the word homage off the front cover, which I thought would be a really smart um, <laughs> reference. Homage to the ultimate sales machine. Well, no, <laughs> it meant a lot to me because I fell in love with his content and then found out that he, he was, he was an, uh, like an avid follower of my father's material. So it was like I reverse engineered and I kept doing this. I kept falling in love with these huge marketers in the industry like like um, a Ken Krogh of Inside Sales, you know, worth a billion dollars. And I loved his marketing stuff. And I find out later that he's a raving fan of Chet Holmes. So it was funny. I picked them out without knowing that they were fans. And I think the message I want to leave with for the uh, first segment is either your parents decide how great you're going to become because they grow and they cause you to grow or you need to decide to grow and shift so that your next generation benefits from what you're doing. Because everything I'm hearing in this first segment is that your father led the way. He paved just this amazing connection, network, and accessibility to just all these amazing things. And by the way, you're in big trouble if another P. Diddy cruise happens, and I'm not on that <laughs> cruise. <laughs> Man, that thing was a dream. It was called the Food Dream. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking in this, in this show, just real life, that it's absolutely insane that had I not gone to Traffic Conversion, just thrown myself at the fact that I just wanted to be there to connect with like-minded, like-hearted people. And it was day two, I see you, and I, I connected with you. And later, because of Marker's Cruise and Dave Van Hoos, we get all these opportunities to actually learn about each other and see the real connection that was supposed to happen. So well, I still think that you right should now. be part of my family. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, well, actually, I'm not going to break on that. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> um, it's not just that we're, we're balding siblings, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, to go back to that, I will say today that had you had a lot of hair, I'm not sure the beaming energy would have actually caught me at, at the same level, but you are actually, you are energy, and people that come into your space will realize that your intention and your purpose and your mission is very aligned to actually causing just, uh, the most ultimate experience in abundance. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why I had you on the show. I, I was so happy when you said you could be on the show. So we're going to go to break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. We're going to go deeper dive into Speaking Empire and uh, Ryan Dice from uh, Digital Marketer. See you in a couple minutes. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. 
You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we're back. That was a quick break, and Amanda and I just actually went through the 12 key strategies of the Ultimate Sales Machine and man, that was the fastest speaking I've ever heard. Do you mind, Amanda, if you would slow it down just a little bit? Because there's people on this call and on, uh, listening to this show that would like to hear this at not quite 10 times the pace. So would you give some of the strategies that are in that book, not as a teaser, but as value for them to actually have a better 2018? Yes, definitely. So the fastest strategy to double sales is a thing called the Dream 100. And my father created this when he was working for a, um, a, a magazine. So he got a list of 2,000 different potential clients that he could call. And they just gave him a phone and said, okay, call all these 2,000 clients. So he wanted to work smarter rather than harder, right? So he did some research and he found out that 95% of the advertising bought in that industry was only bought by the, just 100, I think it was 167 of those businesses out of 2,000, 167. So he decided to only go after those 167. So I ask you, the people on this call, or people listening on the radio right now, who are your biggest, best clients where you land that one and it feeds you for the year or it feeds you, it, it hits your whole quota, just that one person alone or that one business alone. The, those people, if you lead a very specific campaign to target them and win them as clients, granted, since they're the biggest, they usually take a little bit more time. So uh, my father did this with Charlie Munger and five months in, they had not won one deal five months in. It was a little bit scary. <laughs> in the sixth month, though, he closed the largest contract that that industry had ever seen for uh, advertising in a, marketing, in, in a magazine. And subsequently that month, they brought in 28 more deals and doubled sales in their sixth month after not getting any sales the first five. So I ask you, who are your biggest, best buyers, those Dream 100, and how, how long are you willing to go after them to win them? That would really be the, the best strategy for 2018, if you can really put that into action. Uh, I did it when I took over. I looked around in the industry and I said, okay, well, there's some industry titans here that I can partner with. And if I get them to say that this new chicken town, Amanda Holmes, you know, knows her stuff, then I'll be in. So I put together a list. Uh, Ryan Dice was on that list. I got uh, Infusionsoft to partner with me. I got, um, let's see, um, 
Zig Ziglar, uh, Tom Ziglar of Zig Ziglar's organization to partner with me. I got Ken Krog of Inside Sales. They're a billion-dollar valued company. Uh, I just went after the biggest. I'm like, why, you know, why worry about the small ones? Let's just go after the big ones. And I put together a virtual event where we reached about 10 million people, had a couple ink articles, and you know, that all stemmed from that methodology of the Dream 100. I, I say that was a pretty powerful one. Did, did you? Did you pick up everything I, I threw down there, Ken? <laughs> I did. The question I have for you is, like, there, there's an 80-20 rule, there's a 90-10 rule, and I've heard as much as a 99-1 rule. So mm-hmm. 100 is a pretty intimidating number still. So would you modify that and say for people that don't even have yeah. 500 to milk down to 100, what would you say? It really depends on the industry. So if you're B2C, hey. obviously, 100 could even be 1,000. But if you're mm-hmm. B2B and you have a very specific niche, then maybe it's just 10, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to go after them all at the same time, too, because if you can't handle the repercussions of what all of that business would bring. See, for us, my father created that methodology, and then we'd get so many leads, and our clients would get so many leads, they didn't know what to do with them all. So we had to create the next strategy, which was how to systematize your business for growth, right? How to close more business, how to hire sales superstars in a, in a, in a way that's fast so that you can handle all of these leads that are coming in, hence why all of the 12 core competencies got built. Um, so it really depends on what you can handle in terms of workflow. Well, without going into all 12, I would like to give maybe another three or four because the book does go into a lot of information, plus you have videos to share that you may share on the uh, Facebook page. But, yes. you, you know, you call me every week and you're like, when can I do my book? And I'm, I say, Amanda, <laughs> I will help you with your book when you're ready. And you have, <laughs> you've been kind of like a Jedi master. And I think it's going to actually cause a Star Wars 7. I'm not, I'm not sure, but... Uh, so the Ultimate Sales Machine book, there's a lot of yeah. information that's come out since then. And you've created a lot of new knowledge. What, I know you have a lot of people asking you when you're going to do a book. And I know I'm putting you on the spot. 2018, what are you doing to perpetuate your dad's legacy? Well, we have a pretty large database that we reach out to, and it's mostly by email. Um, and it's just, you know, following that methodology. We just had a client get this, Ken. Like, I wish that I had this kind of a success story, but at least it's a client of mine. He went from pre-revenue, so when he signed up with us, he had zero in his, uh, in his business, jumped up to $67 million over five weeks. Now, you do that for most of your clients, so that's not uh, really a... <laughs> that's insane. I know it is. Oh, my so what, God. What happened, just... So give us a story. What happened? What, what did he come to you yeah. with, and how did that happen? Well, one of my consultants did it, Deborah Bringleson. So I have to find out. I'm on, the, I'm on a call with him next week, but he just sent me an email today saying that he just won this award. Let me read it. He said... Uh, um, he just was awarded the 2017 Red Herring Top 100 Global Award. So, wow. boat bash. Yeah, I mean, it's all just using that same methodology of who are the biggest, brightest stars in your world that could just ignite your business. And then we have the, you know, 
messaging. What is your messaging like? Because if you're talking only about you, your product or service, you're only getting the attention of 90 or I'm sorry, of 3% of the potential that you could. We have a whole diagram in chapter four. You can actually get chapter four for free. You can download it from chatholmes.com. But um, it goes into how to get that 90% of the buyer's pyramid that aren't interested in what you have to say. Because only if you reach out to 100 people saying, hey, I'd like to, you know, have you buy my so-and-so product or service, three of them will already have raised their hand and say, yes, I am looking for that right now. 7% will be open to it. I'm thinking about buying that in the future. 30% are not thinking about it. Another 30% think they're not interested. And the last 30% are definitely not interested. So you're talking about, like I said, 90% of that buyer's pyramid doesn't care a thing about you or has a very strong opinion against you, that, 30, that last 30%. So what we teach is how you create a marketing message that gets the attention of everybody, and that's by educating them on something that's of value to them. I, I would say just download Chapter 4 or buy the book, or we have the whole thing on video in our institute that's going for sale on uh, to, to Wednesday for, uh, for Black Friday. We've got a Black Friday deal coming through. Really? Not a, not a Black Monday? Because that's the internet one. I know, Cyber Monday. Yeah, I was Cyber looking at crazy yes. stats about Cyber Monday. Did you know that last year, for the first time ever in history, they had a billion dollars in sales um, from mobile? It had never happened ever before until last Cyber Monday. A billion dollars in sales from mobile. So I didn't know that, but I did see a story last night on the news that Black Friday is a bunch of, not a bunch of puff, but it's becoming uh, a very diluted excitement because you have to wait in line forever, miss Thanksgiving dinner, you can't eat any corn, and you have to go and rush to buy a TV that there's only four of them that they said was $4, right? And so the the point is that they can't compete, and it's not dead, but it's dying big time. So, it's crazy. It's so yeah. crazy. The way that consumers know this is just boggling my mind. I came up with this brilliant realization in this last week that the way that consumers are buying today is completely different. So for a business owner, that's a scary thing because now people are looking more at social, you know, hey, I trust this person by how well their Facebook mm-hmm. page has been reviewed as opposed right. to I'm going to talk to a salesperson first. God bless so, you for like, that. I mean, social proof, right? Yeah, social proof is so important, so important. No wonder so many people love you and your brand is because of your social proof. It, it's The proof is in the pudding. I'll give you one example. So I talked to a sales trainer. His name is Jonathan Dawson uh, last week. He said that on average, buyers used to go to six different dealerships before making a purchase. Today, they go to 13 websites on their phone, and then only visit 1.8 before they buy. Oh, my God. If you don't have a website, if you don't have your whole stuff together, you're you're sinking in in all of your competition. For me, I see it in CHI where people have to, on average, we see they download at least three um, white papers before they engage with us to, with our services. So for any of you out there that are wondering, you know, what does my social have to look like? How do I do this whole marketing thing? You know, at least have three pieces of content on your website and make it super simple. It, it's, it's really fascinating the way that the world is changing. 
Well, I know you were really mad last week. I mean, you were furious. This is probably a better way of putting it, that you weren't on the show last week. I said, there's so much more you're going to learn next week, and hence, you learned all this in the last seven days. That's amazing. (laughs) So, the next thing I want to do is actually be vulnerable with you. And although I haven't, uh, I've always been vulnerable with you, this is extra vulnerable. So, I have this um, crazy thing called the Key Smiling Movement and the Key Smiling Book, and... I really want to honor people that are authors, speakers, leaders, influencers, and I got to—I got to say—I I must be missing some of the parts in the ultimate sales machine as well as your advice. What is it that causes a book to actually excel, but a movement to actually create abundance? Hmm. Hmm. I. I mean. For me, it's a small piece of, uh, you know, our, our royalties from Ultimate Sales Machine. It's, it's still hitting number one on Amazon's bestseller list seven years after the release, and it, that's purely by word of mouth. I honestly don't do anything to promote it. But that's such a small piece of my – it creates everything else. It creates the social proof, if you will, to then win me all of my coaching and consulting clients. So for me, it's on the back end. You know, you take another example. You have Tony Robbins who writes a book about finance, but it's not about the book. It's not about the royalties from the book. It's the back end that he had where he was pitching his finance company, his financial services company that he had just launched. So Mm -hmm. for you, the smiling, keep smiling movement is a way to get in the door to talk to serious influencers. I mean, I watched you, you know, and you've told me, you know, it's a way of getting past the gatekeeper of, no, I can't take press right now and they just happily say I'm going to be in a book smile yeah and now you have all of these doors open to take that to the next level which is whether it's photography whether it's assisting them to write their book whether it's you know boosting their social pages it's it's the door opener it's to show that you're proof it's to show that you're not like every other photographer out there because how many photographers have 10 books 12 books I'm sorry I just chumped out two books it completely separates you from all of your competition. And then it allows you to be able to charge the premiums that you deserve because your photos sparkle, you know? I, I mean, the picture that you took of my bald head from the side, <laughs> like that thing, like everybody makes comments on that. That is like legendary for me in my, in my life to be able to capture that. I, you know, I want to show that to People for generations, I'm sure I'm going to be 80 and be like, look at me, and I'll show them that photo because you have a gift, and your ability to monetize that is extremely expounded when you have, I think I made up that word expounded, but when you have 12 books to your name and the social proof of Umbrella Syndicate that has you know, hundreds, thousands of comments and likes and shares and reviews, it, it all leads to you being able to have that premium or that brand like I, you know, I've met so many of your photographers that are able to be under your brand. So it builds your brand to be able to offer those other services. Well, I know I'm going to talk to you more because although everything I appreciate that you said, I want it to be so much more powerful. And what you did with the ultimate self machine is actually the proof in the pudding that a legacy piece and, um, and thought leader material that is actually thinking in the future and gives all this value becomes the gatekeeper, well, the gateway to actually the relationships you want. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so, you get people calling you, you know, like Panasonic called me. What a great right. way to start a conversation, you know, another Fortune 500 client because they, they came to me. I just had a client come to me in this last week because they read the book and they loved it. And, you know, it's, and it's created that legacy, like you said. Like, it has been passed down to me because everyone loves the book so much because the stories in it are just so powerful. And my father is vulnerable in kind of a business way, but he tells great stories. So each one of your pictures tells such a beautiful story. It's just a matter of now monetizing that on the back end as well. And, and I've seen you do that, right? You're building out your business with, um, with the photographers that you're using. And just knowing that your pictures are worth way more than the average photographer, you know, and w- being able to have the courage and the, and the cojones to go up there and say, you know, I'm triple the rate because I'm that good, which you are. So it's easy. I, well, thank <laughs> you know, you. I have to train people on that that aren't that good. And I tell them that they are, and then they go out and they say that they are and they, and they get by, but <laughs> you actually are that good. So it works. Well, I, I, I have noticed only in the last year, actually, with the Facebook memories that I'm able to market things that I believe in, and Speaking Empire is mm-hmm. one of them. And since uh, Dustin and Dave are probably sharing this uh, at, at the highest level, and I, I want to make a word up miraculously um, to the world that we need to actually give them a little shout-out. And not just a shout-out, but the fact that the, the time that I met you could only have actually been a relationship that wasn't for Speaking Empire, having all these amazing events that are really about leaders getting on stages and making an impact, causing conversion, causing abundance, not just for themselves, but more importantly for the audience that they're speaking to. So how did you meet Dave Van Hoos, and who is Dave and Dustin to you? Um, I met Dave because he introduced my family to Guruji, essentially, through Ted Miller, but uh, essentially from Dave. So my whole life has been changed because of that introduction. Um, you know, and, if and I what? hadn't, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And he's also a student of Guruji, and uh, you know, I consider him to be you know, a, a soul brother, if you will. We call him gentle souls, but uh, he's always there whenever I have ever needed anything and always giving great value. And, you know, the speaking empire community is just such a beautiful, it's family, you know, people get together and and it's a family affair. You you feel it when you go to amplified or you feel it when you go to their mastermind. It's just, it's palpable because that's what Dave and Dustin want to create is some, is a, a place, a community for thought leaders. And, you know, I've, I've felt very blessed to be able to be a part of that. And, you know, Dave is also a very big supporter of Divine Bliss with Guruji, Guruji's nonprofit. So we've, we've done a lot of booths there and really breaking into the market here in the United States with, with some essential oil uh, combinations and just amazing elixirs that can transform people's lives. And we've been able to do that through the assistance of Dave and, and Speaking Empire and that platform. I totally agree with everything you said, and, I, and it can't be emphasized enough because Dave is a person that gets out of the comfort zone and actually is super courageous of doing things that are not really accepted by the norm in the population. Yeah. For instance, 
just one bringing you in, but secondly, even bringing me in, there's no ROI to me photographing an event immediately. There is an ROI over time, just like there's an ROI in the products you're doing and giving and experiencing with people because they actually get cleansed and they get their powerful self. Mm. And I just, go ahead, go ahead. That's the next thing we got to do, Ken, because there is a huge ROI to your photography. And I bet you I could find, I actually know market data of showing that uh, products on the shelf that were better branded and looked better sold more. So yeah, that totally. I, I seek as a challenge for us. I know you were talking about it metaphorically, but put it as a bookmark that let's, let's go back to that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, we have about two minutes till close. And I want to do rapid fire with you. And that's just a time when I share questions that the audience may want to know and haven't heard. So as quick as we can, what's a book that changed your life or two? Autobiography of a Yogi. Okay. What is a quote you live by? Everything I need is within me now. Uh, what, who is the biggest mentor that changed your life? Right now I'd have to say Guruji. What are you most proud of? Uh, my spiritual practice. What's next for you? Oh, wherever the wind takes me. I don't know. I'm trying to surrender. My next step is surrender, Ken. Okay. <laughs> and that's actually a big thing that uh, Dave says all the time is he has to surrender in order to actually create the power. And uh, all this intimidation of you attacking me with getting your book done, when will this book be done? <laughs> Wherever the wind says. <laughs> are, are, are you moved to get the book done soon? <laughs> Uh, maybe. Uh, what, what, what would the title be? <laughs> How much I what? love Ken. <laughs> okay, and, and, what's, Ken. and what's your favorite gluten food at Thanksgiving? Oh, man. Anything with gluten in it. Everything with gluten in it. I love gluten. <laughs> you actually should do a diet book on how to eat more gluten. <laughs> Uh, what's the, your favorite place you've ever been in the world? Ooh, Fiji. Where's the place you want to be next? Mm, uh, I think it's a destination within myself called contentment. Contentment. Okay. Yeah. And how many countries have you been to? Too many to count. Too many to count. Is too many count over 50? Yeah, you could say that. I've also walked on my hands in front of majority of them, like major monuments. I, it's pretty crazy. You're able to walk on your hands? Yes. So you can, As no, a, let me get this straight. You can walk on your feet and your hands both? <laughs> Some say I can walk on my hands better than I can on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have been the ultimate awesome guest, and I, I thank you as a friend, as a person that learns from you, as a person who's appreciative of what's going to be created together for 2018. So thank you so much for what you do. And I thank your father, if, and I know he's listening, for uh, bringing you up to be the amazing person you are. I look forward to us just amplifying the world with the energy and the focus and the power that you're creating with all the things you're doing. So thank you, Amanda, for everything, and especially being on the show. Mm, my pleasure, Ken. I love it. I love you and all that you do. All right. I will see you soon. 
And it won't be a Thanksgiving, I don't think, but it will be as soon as possible. No! You're turning down? You're turning down my invitation not, for you to come to my family Thanksgiving? <laughs> I accepted one already. You asked me last week. That's not fair. But <laughs> anyway, Amanda, you are such a delight, and thank you for being the energy source you are to actually make a difference in the world. You are so important in the world, and I, I will continue to amplify you after the show. Woo! Thank you. See you next week. Thank you. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard. (laughs) 